by Silver Screen and Roll and SB Nation Lakers community. You probably already knew that because you're here. I am Christian Rebus, as um, I feel like most of King's Twitter, Twitter knows now. Uh, <laughs> and I'm joined by Jacob Root, who hasn't made an enemy of uh, Harry Giles or, or King's Twitter just yet. Uh, unlike Anthony Davis, and apparently you, I guess, I knew who Harry Giles was. <laughs> Harry Giles made sure he, you knew who he was today. Yeah, I I knew who Harry Giles was. I actually, it's funny, because people were like, oh my god, Harry Giles dunked on you. And it's like, this isn't, this isn't even the first time he's dunked on me. I saw him when, when Los Angeles held the All-Star game. Bleacher Report had an event on the Santa Monica Pier, and a few NBA players were there. Andre Drummond was there. Um, I mean, Brandon Jennings isn't an NBA player, but Brandon Jennings was there. Uh, a few guys were there, and one of them was Harry Giles, and at the time, he was... It was the year before his rookie year, because he was hurt. Um, but I knew him, because I was, I was a big fan of his, and I wanted the Lakers to take him. So I asked him to take a picture... And he said no, which I'm like, that's Ooh. fine, man. Like, athletes before he was in college. Yeah, <laughs> it it was. It's like athletes don't need to say yes to you when you ask to take a picture. I was like, that's cool. Like, I shot my shot. I got blocked. Blocked. Um, the dunking didn't come until he walked away from where I was and then took pictures with <laughs> several <laughs> other people. And in his defense, I was wearing a Kyle Kuzma Lakers jersey, and he had already signed a contract to the Kings. But, I mean, besides the fact. Uh, but, yeah, it was uh, – I, I went to an event with 2K yesterday, and Anthony Davis played one-on-one with uh, Ronnie 2K on 2K, obviously not actually because Anthony Davis would murder him. Um, and, yeah, they were in the middle of the game they were playing – Ronnie 2K just, like, had a wide-open dunk at the rim, and he was talking trash a little bit, and Anthony Davis goes, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> and I was like, what? And, I, and in 80s defense, he kind of said it under his breath, like, because he didn't want to disrespect anybody. But me being the fiend that I am, <laughs> uh, I picked it up, and then, um, so, yeah. I thought that was really funny. Harry Giles didn't think it was that funny. <laughs> and uh, according to my mentions, King Twitter is uh, is on Harry Giles' side. So, so that I was... guess the important question, did you tag him in that, or does he no, name search? No. no. Oh, no. He absolutely name searches. But okay. honestly, if I was an NBA player, I'd name search too. I'm not going <laughs> to front. I am a moderately successful basketball writer, and I name search every now and then. Um, luckily, nobody has talked about me, like, without adding me. Like, everybody that wants me to know they hate me lets me know directly in my mentions. So I'm thankful for that. 
Um, and so, yeah, that's been my morning. It's been pretty cool. <laughs> uh, and Harry Giles, I wish you the no- nothing but the best uh, for next season if in the off chance you uh, listen to this. Uh, Jacob, there's not a lot to talk about. Um, the, the, we're really starting to get into the dog days of the off season. Uh, so I thought today would be a good opportunity to go through our mailbag and answer some questions from the fans um, about the off season, uh, giving us a chance to reflect on the off season, and then uh, of course the season ahead, which is still like over three months away. I don't know how we're going to make it through, but um, I mean, one of the ways you can make it through is by listening to this podcast. So without further ado, Jacob, I'll let you kick things off. Uh, what is the first question we have in our mailbag, or at least the first one you want to answer? Well, the first one I want to answer, we already did, is Harrison asking, who is Harry Giles? <laughs> um, uh, we'll start off we'll start off light. Waffles or pancakes? Oh, you know what? That's, uh, that's really tough. I lean more towards waffles. Um, just because they're, I mean, oh God, I hate that I have to choose, but if I had to choose, I'd, I'd probably go the waffle route. Yes. It, you picked the correct answer. The correct answer is waffles. <laughs> um, we also, also got, we got well, another weird food question. Somebody asked us flour or corn tortillas, which I feel like is a loaded question. Um, I think when it comes to most things I lean towards flour like burritos and quesadillas just because like the sheer size of them um and honestly on their own too I'd probably take flour tortillas but um corn tortillas with enchiladas and taquitos all the way that's that's my stance on that as a person who lives in the middle of nowhere in Indiana, I don't think I have the expertise to answer this. I will say I lean flour tortillas, but boy, I already know I do not have enough experience tasting the best of either to have a strong take on that. When you visit California, which you're allegedly going to do at some point this year, I will take you to go have some delicious Mexican food because that's the one thing I really take for granted living in California is the amount of food that is available to me, like the amount of different food that's available to me. Um, are are the Mexican food like options available to you out there? Not the like world renowned. <laughs> no, I'll just leave it at that. Taco Bell <laughs> is one of the main options. So. Oh no! Uh, well, God bless your soul and. Uh, Again, once you once you come to SoCal, I'll show you a good time. Um, the last uh, comes from a, a good friend of ours, Hani, uh, at Hani Am <laughs> on Twitter. Um, he says, hi, long time, first time. Jacob, why did you abandon me? And without context, I feel like this raises a lot of questions. So I'll, let, I'll go ahead and let you answer that one. Um, I will just say I needed to secure the bag, and <laughs> the bag has been secured. <laughs> I mean, that's really that, – I feel like that can be said about a lot of abandonment. It's like, hey, <laughs> the, money, the money was there. I took it. I ran, and, uh, you know, Didn't think about you back. every day, kid. 
Oh, wait, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think about you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, um, that's time to get to basketball questions. Um, there are a few good ones that I want to get to, uh, but the first one we got was at M. Dresk. Um, I hope I'm not butchering that. I'm sure I am. Uh, Michael asks, who can we target for a longer-term point guard? Um, Michael, do you not think that Rajon Rondo is a valuable <laughs> option uh, to be the Lakers point guard of the future? He's uh, the ripe age of... Oh, he's old. Yeah, I was gonna say he's old. I don't know. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and then I think the youngest option they have at point guard right now, uh, they being the Lakers, is Caruso, Caruso but not by much because I think Quinn Cook's only slightly older than Caruso. Yeah, Caruso's 25. Quinn Cook is 26. He's about a little more than a year older. So. Um, as much as I'd love to say Caruso as the Lakers' long-term option at point guard, and he very well could be, just because I'm I'm a big fan of Caruso's. I think he plays the game the right way, defends both sides of the ball. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a monster year with the Lakers this season, if he even if he doesn't put up like gaudy numbers. Uh, but long-term, Lonzo Ball would have been nice. Um, he would have been a nice long-term option at point guard, but. You know, you got to do what you got to do to Team AD with um, with LeBron James. So, I don't know, Jacob. That's a that's a good question. I, I mean, I guess at that point, you, you kind of just have to look at free agency either next summer or the summer after. Well, I think we're contractually obligated to mention that LaMelo Ball is going to be a <laughs> draft pick next year. And the Lakers uh, will have a draft pick next year, despite sending most of them out uh, to, a, for, to the Pelicans for AD. And, I mean, theoretically right now, LaMelo is probably like a end-of-the-first-round draft pick. So, I mean, stars are aligning again, speaking it back into existence. Um my real answer, I don't know that there necessarily will be a long-term solution at point guard, um, especially so long as we're kind of in contention, right. like title contention. They're just going to shuffle guys through that will be able to help right away. Um, maybe Caruso. I think he'll have a big year. I don't know if he'll if it'll be big enough for him to be like an outright starter next year. I'd love it if so. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't. I just don't know that there is a guy on the roster that's seen as a long term. Taylor Horton Tucker could theoretically be a point guard. I don't really know that he has a position. Yeah. Um, Not yet, at least. Yeah, maybe he's the guy. I guess we'll see with the South Bay Lakers this year. Um, Maybe he's the guy that's a long-term answer. Um, that would honestly probably be my best guess, him or Caruso. Caruso's already kind of a little older. He'll be 26 by the end of the season. So I guess he could theoretically be a long-term. But my, I would say that it's probably not really going to be anybody until we get kind of past the LeBron years and um, past the contending for titles right now because we can't really afford to let anybody develop yeah, as I was a, just as a point guard. I was just gonna say, like, as so long as long as uh, LeBron James is on the roster, LeBron James is their long-term option at point guard. Um, like, even if he doesn't play point guard, like it's 
been reported and then not reported. Um, he's he's the best bet they have at point guard and you know playmaking. Uh, but just just taking a quick glance at the free agent from 2021, Drew Holiday would be so good with this Lakers team, uh, with or without LeBron James. Um, hopefully AD and LeBron can re- recruit Drew to LA in 2021. Um, you also guys got guys like Mike Conley that can hit the open market. So uh, again, a little on the older side, and it's it's kind of hard to get a franchise point guard. Uh, outside of the draft um, when you're talking about point guards of the future because I mean even man even like the next generation of point guards uh, like guys you'd really commit long term money to are either going to sign extensions uh, or already signed extensions uh, with the teams they're with right now Isaac Bonga could be a free agent in 2021 the return <laughs> And he he didn't play much because uh, I I was in summer league for Vegas and I was looking forward to seeing him play but him and uh, Jamario Jones didn't play much I know Mo got some playing time and put up like twenty and ten in one game <laughs> um, which I if I'm not mistaken is like roughly Roy Hachimura's best game in Vegas so it, the there's like three stages of the Lakers um, that that I'll watch this year it's like the actual Lakers obviously and then it's like the Pelicans who have like all the guys we traded away and then it'll be like the Wizards last who have like all of the other guys that we've gotten rid of the Mo and Thomas Bryant and uh, Jamario and Bonga like you said so we have the Lakers everywhere this year <laughs> and it's weird like not, not to get too off track, uh, but it is a little weird. Um, somebody from Pelican Twitter, um, which God bless Pelican Twitter, first of all. Um, <laughs> somebody from Pelican Twitter tweeted out, uh, we don't want none of you bandwagon fans rooting for our Pelicans. Uh, there are young guys now. Like, go root for your team. And it's just like, what are you doing? I, I feel like Pelicans, the Pelicans in general aren't in a position to be picking, like, fans. Like, you enjoy your basketball over there. We'll uh, thrive in our big market here. And it's like, no, dude, let people watch your basketball team. <laughs> it's probably the best chance of you guys staying in New Orleans. Bunch of weirdos. Uh, also, I always laugh at those types of tweets because it's like, okay, but are you going to monitor my league pass to see whether I'm watching <laughs> the, the Pelicans or not? Like, you can tell me not to, but it's not going to do anything. Yeah, bunch of weirdos. Uh, all right, Jacob, I'll let you take lead on the next question. Uh, the next one, I don't, I'm not sure if these are exactly in order, but the next one I had was uh, from Zen Boy Laker fan. Uh, Matt said, aside from the obvious of Iggy and Dragic, are there any other potential buyout candidates you think the Lakers should explore? Ooh. I'll say first, I'm not entirely sure the buyout Dragic like that would have to be a really like Dragic and them would have had, a, had to have had a real falling out because like Dragic is still really good yeah and I think it's like I think the whole uh, notion or like the idea of a Dragic, Dragic buyout was rooted in Russ being traded to Miami and Dragic being traded to OKC mm. um, and that just didn't happen and yeah. it doesn't look like Chris Paul's going anywhere either. 
so yeah, I'd rule that out pretty quickly. It's I'd, I'd say Dragic probably finishes the season in Miami, uh, and then Iguodala. I am um, I'm not going to report anything on this podcast because I'm not a scoop reporter. Uh, but during my time in Vegas uh, and just over the past few days, I have been told by several of my colleagues um, that Iggy's probably not getting bought out. Like, the, the, the Memphis Grizzlies aren't going to buy out Andre Iguodala. Like, there's a, there's a possibility Iguodala's traded and then bought out. But, I mean, if you're trading for Iguodala, it's probably not to buy him out. So, yeah. uh, I wouldn't hold out on to hope on that one. Sorry, Lakers fans. Uh, again, I could be very wrong. I'm not saying I am right. It's just uh, word of mouth at this point, and it's really not even, um, you know, worth calling it. Yeah. The Grizzlies' current roster has seven small forwards. So and like 17 what are players. They doing? Yeah. yeah. They have to buy out somebody. Like, <laughs> are they going to, I mean, maybe Solomon Hill? I guess he'd be less coveted. But, I mean, they literally have to cut people. The, I mean, one of the names I wrote down, if they're not going to buy out Iggy, they're probably not going to buy out this guy. And he also would be a lot easier to trade. I put Jay Crowder, but he makes $7.8 million this year. Right. Um, and that's a fairly easy contract to trade for. I don't imagine he'll be on the Grizzlies very long, but I mean, maybe the Lakers could even trade for him. I don't know. I don't think he would cost that much of an asset. Maybe you could just throw a couple seconds in there and um, I don't know, trade JaVale or something or KCP or something. I don't know. Um, yeah. The guy, the guy would have said um, the JR, but Woj reported the other day that he's probably not signing with the Lakers, which I, I, I would have liked him. I know a lot of Lakers fans are really happy that, like, good, we're not going to get that clown JR on our team. And it's like, if you can get a guy that can defend and shoot at respectable level, you absolutely add him to this team. Um, I would agree. My concern is I just don't know. I mean, he basically sat out last year. Right. That's everybody's and, concern, I think. Yeah. Like, if you were to guarantee me that the 2017-18 version of, J- of JR is what we we're getting, then, yeah, absolutely, I sign up for that. Um, just hopefully he's not at the end of the first game of the finals. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean... He's not someone who's necessarily been known for Keek being a strict regimen, physical regimen. So <laughs> I'm trying to put that nicely. So him sitting out a whole year kind of worries me in that regard. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't too bugged by not getting him. Um, the name I had at the top of my list for buyouts, though, and this one I think is pretty likely, is Marvin Williams. Okay. Yeah. I like, I like that. I mean – the Lakers didn't have a glut of forwards. Um, I'd like it a whole lot more, just because I think Marvin Williams at this stage of his career is more of a four than a three. Um, I mean, if he even ever was a three, uh, I think you could probably throw Michael Kidd Gilchrist in there too. I wrote him down. It. I mean, I don't know exactly what his fit would be on the Lakers, just because he's such a bad three-point shooter. Basically, just doesn't take them. 
and an ugly three-point shooter not him as a person because that's really mean i would never <laughs> say like he's just an ugly basketball player but yes. no his jump shot is disgusting probably and they've done like a ton of work on it and it's still absolutely hideous <laughs> that's so um sad. yeah he's also another one who's just kind of like he's probably has to be a four with how much he can't shoot yeah but he's also only 25 so like um He's worth a flyer, if nothing else. I'd say so. Um, you know who I'm, is probably, probably isn't going to get bought out? Uh, who I've had people recommending in my mentions for at least the last week is Chris Paul. People people keep asking oh God, me, no. do you think Chris Paul's a viable buyout candidate? I'm just like, no. Look at his contract. He's due next season $38 million, and in his final season... million dollars so i mean i could be wrong but i don't think chris paul is being bought out by the oklahoma city thunder or any team for that matter it's roughly 124 million dollars he's owed so he could literally like it wouldn't happen he could say i'll only take half of that and that would still be an astronomical buyout like nobody's just fronting Chris Paul $71 million. <laughs> and somebody, I saw this as well. Like the Pelicans couldn't even like wave and stretch him because if you stretched him, it would take up $11 million of the cap. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be like $11 million. It'd be three, it'd be seven years. $11 million for seven Gee, years. That's a lot of money. And, like, legally, you can't have that much um, dead money on the cap. So, like, if he's bought out, the earliest it would be would be next season just because of the financial hit. And even then, he's due $85 million. Like, he's not – he's just flat out not taking a buyout. Like, the best luck you're going to get is, like, halfway through his last season um, – he may take a buyout, but no, I don't. You're gonna have to trade for him. He's not taking a hundred and twenty million dollar buyout. Um, one of the only other main guys I had on my list. This would be an iffy one, but I put Alan Crabb on there. Okay. Um, he didn't play a lot last year. Once like the games kind of started to matter for Brooklyn. And he basically was salary dumped this year. But he still is a really good three-point shooter. He shot 38% last year. First career, he's a 39% three-point shooter. So um, I'm not really sure what Atlanta's guard rotation is going to look like. They're another kind of weird team that's just kind of stockpiled some bad contracts. Um I mean, I'm sure Cam Reddish and uh, Huerta are going to play over him. But I would think that he would get some playing time. Um, He has a huge contract, $18.5 million. Nobody's trading for that. Um, So, yeah, if if he kind of turns it around a bit and does show the ability to knock down threes, um, it'd be an interesting guy to look at. I don't know. He's more of a guard. I don't really know how well he'd fit. Um, but, it, I mean, the buyout market this year I don't think is going to be particularly great. Um, yeah. So, 
I do think he may end up being an option for some contenders. Yeah, I was going to say that, as, as you mentioned, the Hawks just stockpiled bad contracts. And, like, Chandler Parsons is another guy. Um, if he can still play, uh, I think he'd be all right in, like, a 10-minute reserve role. Just, like, not a crucial player. Um, but that being said, if he got bought out, I think Mark Cuban would pay for a one-way ticket to Dallas for him and just have him <laughs> retire a Maverick. Um, all right. Uh, down to one of our last few questions uh, we'll do before we get out of here. Uh, let's see what we have. Anthony had a mean question that I'd like to address. <laughs> he said, "He said, who let Jacob on our podcast feed, and how can I get that person fired? Um just so we're clear, I, I did know. a podcast I, I mean, with him. <laughs> I I mean, I guess I kind I put your name in the hat for this podcast because <laughs> we had a failed podcast with Lonzo Wire. And not that it was failed. I, th- I thought we did a pretty decent job given we the subject matter. We started the podcast two days after he got hurt and right. never played again for the Lakers. <laughs> uh, so, I mean... I think Jacob's doing a good job. Um, and if you think Jacob's doing a good job, leave us an Stop. iTunes review just talking about how great Jacob is and why he's your favorite part <laughs> of this podcast network. I I'm will sure. send all of those directly to Anthony as well. <laughs> I will personally DM each one of those to Anthony. Uh, okay, so Alex Weron, or Weron, um asks, who do you think will become... I'm a dark horse key player for the team. I I honestly expect Troy Daniels to absolutely kill it this year with his wide open looks. He will be getting. Um, yeah, I like Troy Daniels. I think he was a great pickup, um, especially because it sounds like, according to him, he had a few suitors, including the the Thunder and the Warriors, that were willing to scoop him, to scoop him up for the veterans minimum. Um, you look at his shooting numbers. And they're pretty encouraging, especially in regards to wide-open three-pointers, which I think he shot almost 50% uh, or made 50% of. So uh, that's a player you want on the team. I don't know how much he'll play just because of the amount of guards on the roster. Like, you got Brad, or sorry, Daniels, Avery Bradley, Quinn Cook, Alex Caruso, Rajon Rondo, Contavious Caldwell Pope, Danny Green, and Taylor Horton Tucker, if you can crack the rotation in the first year, but I don't think he can. Uh, I don't know. Like, I do think Daniels is a good pickup. He's a great guy to have at the end of the bench. If, well, one, if injuries happen, which, like, they did last year, hopefully we're past that. Um, but, two, like, say things aren't going well in some random game and you need to just try something, having a guy like Daniels who can come off the bench and just bury a couple three-pointers, Yeah, it's always great to have those guys. Um, for me, I would say... I'd say my dark horse, my, I don't know how much of it... It's hard to gauge how much these guys are a dark horse because we've talked a lot about them. I would right. say Jared Dudley, I think, is going to surprise some people how much mm-hmm. he's able to contribute not just offensively but he was actually a pretty decent defender last year um 
he can guard multiple positions, and he may have to depending on um, what lineup is out there and, and whatnot. But he's kind of versatile enough that I think he'll be able to to play in some different lineups, and he has he can knock down an open three and defend. So I mean, he's gonna see minutes. So um, I think he'll be a one that. Um, will be a, a pretty big contributor to this team. My X factor is kind of rooted in like irrational faith and optimism. Um, and it kind of blends into a question we got from at Zen boy Lakers fan, Matt. Um, yes. Who should start at point guard, AKA who should the point guards, uh, or who should guard point guards? Uh, who do you anticipate starting at point guard to start the year? And do you project that to change significantly come playoff time? If so, in what way do you project that to change? So for me, um, even if LeBron James starts at point guard, as Matt mentions, you need somebody that can guard a team's best point guard in a seven-game series. Um, and if that is the case... I think Avery Bradley is my pick to be a dark, the dark horse and their starting point guard. And again, Avery Bradley hasn't been like an elite two-way player for like two and a half years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think playing under like a defensive coaching staff with Frank Vogel, Lionel Hollins, and uh, now Phil Handy, who I thought was a, was a great pickup for the team. Um, I, I'm hopeful that Avery Bradley will get back on track. And if he can, that's a really valuable asset for the Lakers to have. Um, you know, having Avery Bradley and Danny Green in the backcourt, locking up the likes of Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, um, you know, just elite guys in the Western Conference. So he's my dark horse and uh, my pick to start at point guard, assuming he plays well. If not... Um, I'm part of the Crusoe hive, and uh, Crusoe would be my pick. So I think to start the year, Avery Bradley will be the uh, point guard, so to speak, the guy out there to defend other point guards. Um, I think – I mean, I, I this is a cop-out. I mean, I guess it depends on his play. I think Caruso is going to be the second-string kind of point guard whoever guards the other point guard, whatever you want to call it, type of guy off the bench. Um, And I could, if Avery Bradley doesn't play well, I could see him coming into that starting role. Come playoff time, um, I don't know how much... He said, does it change significantly? I guess it depends on the matchup. Um, It'll be interesting to see... Like, if the Lakers get matched up with the Warriors, who basically have three guards on the court, like, what type of lineup do they put out there? Um, because I assume the Warriors are going to start Steph, D'Lo, and Clay, and play kind of really small. Right. Uh, um, so I guess who do you start in your backcourt to counter that? Because LeBron might be the point guard, but I don't think he's going to guard Steph, D'Lo, or Clay yeah, in the playoff series. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah. Um, so I guess it depends on the, on the matchup, but... I do think this is a team that can match up well with other teams. They have a lot of different types of pieces that they can put out there to match up with other teams. So I do think 
kind of series to series, things might change come playoff time, and you'll see different guys have bigger roles in different types of series. The I I get I got or I tried to get Anthony Davis to bite on a death lineup question uh, at that 2K event I was at yesterday. I asked him if like on 2K if he's experimented with death lineups yet. He said it was too early in the season, um, and I think LeBron and AD obviously have to be part of that death lineup. But if you're like going full death lineup and putting your best two-way players out on the floor. Um, I think Avery Bradley has the potential to crack that lineup. I also think, to your point about Jared Dudley, I think Jared Dud- Dudley has like Dudley uh, at this stage of his career, or at at the stage of Dudley's career. But um, like defensively, and, and in terms of a guy that can just knock down open three pointers in big moments, um, I think Dudley has a chance to. Only feels one as it's leaving. Uh, uh, but Jared Dudley, I think, will, will make a will make a pretty big impact this season uh, if if he looks or resembles the type of player he was with the with the Nets last year. I'm just kind of interested to see how all these pieces fit because I think the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers did a good job of getting having a lot of depth on the team, but. Uh, I'm just, I'm just mainly interested to see who doesn't play, basically, because there's a couple yeah. guys on here. That's part of the reason I think, like, a lot of people are worried about Rondo, and I've seen a lot of, like, ESPN graphics, like, with Rondo as a starter. I don't know. I mean, maybe this is just kind of wishful thinking. I don't know that Rondo is going to play all that much. Um, for one, they paid Quinn Cook and Alex Caruso more money than him. Um, yeah. And he's not good. And it seems like this front office and this coaching staff has a better grasp on that than the last one did. Um, so, I mean, I, I, if he is just like a third or fourth, I think he may be like the fourth string point guard at this point. Um, he doesn't play. But, like, outside of that, like, Troy Daniels probably doesn't play a whole lot. Not regular rotation minutes. And uh, Taylor Horton Tucker doesn't. That means you have like 11 guys to try to figure out time for. So it's going to be interesting to see how the the coaching staff kind of juggles playing time. And especially later in the season, you can't really go 11. I mean, you definitely can't go 11 deep. It's hard to even go like 10 deep um, in bigger games. In the playoffs, it's usually only like eight or nine deep. So. It'll just be interesting to see which guys end up kind of making the cut. And it's a good thing. I mean, it's a good thing to have this type of competition to push guys um, to, to keep competing. So I'm just interested to see how that lineup kind of shakes out later in the year when the games really start to matter to see who's out there on the floor in those kind of must-win games. Three more months and at oh least... My Lord like nine so more long. podcasts until then uh but until then jacob thank you for joining me again this week uh, i don't know why i thank you for joining me every week because the expectation is that you will be here uh but thanks <laughs> you anyway can keep thanking me I don't say no. <laughs> um if you like this pod leave a nice little review on itunes um i don't think you can leave a review on like 
anything else. I don't use anything else, but but you guys Apple can try, Podcast. Though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we will see you all next week.